up, everybody? I'm Dan. I'm Ilaria. Have Ilaria here with me tonight, and where uh, this is the Powerhouse Fence Show. Zach is not here yet. I don't know. He might pop in at some point. I'm not sure, but he's not here right now. So uh, we've had some pretty crazy weather going on for us, at least. We had a, a bunch of snow come in Sunday night and Monday morning, and so we've all been sitting at home all week. We've not been to work at all, really. Um, I went up there once, and I think Zach and Logan went up there a couple days to try to finish getting our, our trade show booth ready. So big shout out to them for braving the, the snow and the cold and everything and making it out there. That was That was pretty cool of them to do. They did get it hold to the vinyl shop and it has been wrapped but looks it cool gonna, yeah it looks super awesome i'm pretty excited to see it i uh, i'm excited about it it's gonna be dumb to get it you know from the dock to the booth basically if you've never exhibited at a trade show they charge you by the pound to pick something up and carry it across the floor and that can get pretty expensive pretty fast so kind of a once you've experienced it a little bit, it gives you a new appreciation for the people that go in there and have these big setups with all of this stuff and, you know, signs hanging from the ceilings and all kinds of stuff like that. That's, they're spending big money doing all that. So we're just, uh, we're just happy to be there. And, you know, we've had the banner. Is this the right way for you? Yes. Yes, it's right. I, I never can really get that right. Sometimes I, I have the mirror turned on and off and it gets all wonky. So no, it's but, right. Um, I don't have a banner, yeah. but I'm wearing my Memphis Fan shirt, so that counts. There we go. You got something. <laughs> so we're both at home and uh so if you hear Alaria's dishwasher was going crazy a minute ago. So if you hear any kind of crazy noises, that's what that's what you're getting there. So. Yeah, it's in its peak. <laughs> yeah. So we are live. However, we are not in studio, so we don't really have a way for you to call in and talk to us, unfortunately, but you can leave comments and we'll try to get back with you. Um, I actually added a couple destinations, so we're live on my own Facebook profile and LinkedIn profile because we do not have enough followers on LinkedIn to be able to go live there. So if yes. you can do us a huge favor, just go follow Powerhouse Fence Show on LinkedIn so that we can actually go live in the right spot that would be cool so i figured out that i could use my own profiles and just stuck it on there so if you're watching there thanks good to have you um so as always we want to kind of start off the show and say thank you listeners we are doing this for you and so it's cool to see people actually listening to the show and you know watching us live and things like that um we're trying our best to share some information and kind of give you what we think will maybe benefit you a little bit as you try to get deeper or initially get into the commercial fence world. So if you have some subjects that you want to hear us talk about, feel free to send it over. If you want us to have some guests on the show that you would like to hear us talk to, then send us that and we'll try to make it happen. Let's tell them what are we doing with Impala, the fence back. In case it's yep. not on your agenda, is it? It is on my agenda. Okay, perfect. Then we're good. We can no, wait. Nobody else reads the agenda. So to be fair, I didn't send it to her, but 
normally I prepare these agendas and nobody else reads them and then stuff like this happens. Zach always tries to like jump down to the next page and I'm like, all right, man, <laughs> calm down a minute. We're getting next. But um, anyways, yeah, so this week our show is probably going to be pretty short and it's not really going to be full of anything super exciting. We'll have an update for you on what we've been dealing with, what's going on, and you know what we're doing next week at FenceTech. And then I reviewed a contract from a general contractor uh, last week, and I thought some of the language in there was pretty interesting, and I thought I would share that just to you know, kind of give you a preview of what you're going to see in a contract if you've never gotten one before. And Alario, we're going to talk about what we're going to do with Simpalo at FinsTech. And you got anything else you want to add on the agenda? Yeah, I think that's it. I'm just going to force people to follow us at FinsTech. So if you see me run. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's going to be uh, chasing people down and saying, here, go follow us. Yep, that's going to be my, my main job. <laughs> yep, yep, that's your job. So, um, yeah. That's kind of the preview for the week, and now we kind of go through a little bit about what we've been up to. Um, as we already discussed, we do have a like a portable booth slash podcast, podcast, whatever this is, studio that we're going to have in our booth at FenceTech, and pretty excited about that. The thing looks awesome, and you definitely are going to want to come by and check it out, I believe. It's down to the last minute. Like I said, it just got vinyl wrapped today. This weather really kind of took away a few of the precious days that we had before FenceTech. But we did, we got it wrapped. Uh, a local company called Nice Tents, they had a couple guys go in and also braved the cold and the snow and all of that stuff. And they went in there and they got it knocked out for us. So big shout out to them. Super helpful. They've, uh, they've wrapped a bunch of our trucks. And they always do a great job and they always stand behind their stuff. And they're, they're kind of like me where if they see something that they don't like, they'll be like, no, you need to bring that thing back and let us fix it. Like, we're not happy with that. Even though it might look fine to everybody else, if they see it, they'll, they'll pull us in and make us or uh, want to redo it. So, so uh, we talked about Zach and Logan. FenceTech is next week. Booth 2449. We're going to be giving away some free stuff at our booth. You can come by and find out what that free stuff is, but it's going to be great. You're really yeah. going to want some of that free stuff. And you can come by and say hello to us and give us feedback, suggestions, anything like that you might have. Also, what we're doing for Simpalo is you can send a set of plans to me, and you can schedule a time at FinsTech. And you can come sit in the booth with me, and we'll do a takeoff on your job live on site. So my that's posted on all of our social media stuff, I'm pretty sure, at least a couple times. I put it in one of the Fence Facebook groups today. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for that or not, so uh, hopefully not. But anyways, I did put it in there, so hopefully people are seeing it. There's still some slots available that you can schedule. And I, I think it's pretty cool to do like um, – you know, a more realistic demo. It's actually your fence job that, that we're going to do the takeoff on and everything, and we'll kind of show you how it works. So, um, 
no calls to you or anything like that. I don't, I mean, I'm going to have your email address because you sent me the plans, but I'm not going to stalk you or anything. So just, uh, I, I really like the whole idea of people having the software that actually works for them instead of trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. And actually today somebody was uh, trying to sign up for Simpolo and they're like, I don't want to go through a demo and all this other stuff. I just want to sign up. I was like, man, that's, I don't really like doing that because I really like to show it to you and make sure that it's going to do what you want it to do before you sign up and start paying for something. Um, you know, I, I really like to make sure that people get their value out of it. And so that's the reason why it's kind of set up the way that it is. But anyways, um, yep, giving away free stuff at our booth. Come by, say hello. I mean, at least... Do what? We're going to have one game at least that people can play and win also something. Oh, yeah, the putt-putt stuff. You want to tell yeah. us about that? Sure. People can right. so we're gonna give away money. Uh, people can play a game and it's basically a golf, I would say, from what I've seen. I haven't been to Fensec yet, so that's all I know. And if you can make it as close as you can to the $100 bill, uh, you take it home, right? Yeah, so it's we have a putting green that we'll roll out in the floor and we lay a hundred dollar bill on it and you have to put the ball and land it on the hundred dollar bill. So it has to be yeah. touching it when it stops. Um, and it, it's pretty challenging, but we give away, we've done it at, we did it at FinStech last year and we did it at the Fence show in Las Vegas. And I think we gave away like six or 800 bucks at each one of those. So some people do win. Um, so stop by, get a hundred bucks. That'll, uh, at least go towards your bar tab for the night or dinner for the night or whatever in Nashville. That's what, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when we were in Las Vegas, uh, I think I, you know the story, I'm sure, but we went in, we stayed on the strip and we went in Caesar's Palace the first night we were there. And I just put a hundred dollar bill on a roulette table and won like 900 bucks. And I was like, all right, I can eat this week. I'm done. And like just picked up the money and walked away. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And people get suckered in and they're like, oh man, if I did it once with that hundred bucks, imagine what it would be if I won with that 900 and the next thing you know, you can't pay your house note or whatever that month. So, you know, people got to be careful with that. But, um, so we had, uh, we had Nick from the AFA on here a couple of weeks ago and we talked, we kind of went through a lot of the educational stuff that's happening with the AFA including the classes that are going to be at FinTech. There's a ton of stuff on there. Um, Alaria and Michael, also from our company. Sorry, I'm over here waving a napkin around. I don't really know what to do with my hands. Um, they're, they're both going to be going through some classes when we're up there. And so I sat down and kind of like made out an agenda of all the classes that I wanted them to go through. And I mean, it's there's a lot of time slots where it's really hard to choose because I mean, there might be like two or three or four or eight classes in the same time slot that you would like to go through or, you know, send someone through or whatever the case may be. So there's a ton of good stuff there. I would definitely suggest it. Um, and you can go hang out with them. So we'll, uh, we'll be at the pickets and picks kickoff party. I uh, looked up the name of it and made sure that I put it right in my agenda. So go me. Um, Look at you. You finally learned the, the name. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm terrible. We always mess this up and we're like, what's the name of that thing again? I don't know. Some party. So 
But yep, fortunately we got this one, or I got this one right. Tickets and picks. It's the kickoff party for Fence Tech. It's Tuesday, January twenty third, from six thirty to ten thirty, and it's at the Music City Center Grand Ballroom, which I believe is the room that they use for some of the like CMA awards or something like that up there. But apparently, it's a pretty big room. I don't know how many people are registered for this party now, but I know a few weeks ago there was it was over 1,200 people registered to be there. And I think there's something like 4,500 people or maybe 5,000 people registered to be at Finstech. I mean, wow. it's going to be big. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. So hopefully uh, all 5,000 people or 4,500 or whatever it is come by our booth and say hello. That'd be awesome. Yes. We'd, uh, our hands would just be wore out from shaking hands all day. Um, you do have to have a fence tech badge to get into the party. So make sure you don't forget that when you're on the way. And there's some kind of, I don't even, okay, this part of it, I'm going to screw up because I don't really understand what's going on. But I know we sponsored the event and it was, we got a guitar, right? And so we have this guitar that I think is going to like hang on a guitar wall and everybody's guitar has like a, a vinyl wrap or something like that on the front of it that, you know, we all designed ourselves. And I think people can autograph them. I'm not positive about that, but I think people would be able to go by and autograph your guitars. And then we get to keep the guitar or we could give it away if we chose to do that. Um, I don't really intend on giving it away to be real honest, but no, I feel like we should keep it. Yeah, if somebody signs up for Simpolo that's got like 20 users, then I'll give you the guitar. How about that? So, or, you know, somebody place a big order with NFC Manufacturing while we're there on the floor or something, and we'll, uh, we'll throw in a guitar to sweeten the deal. But aside from that... Sponsor, or they become a sponsor for Powerhouse. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that yeah. would be kind of cool, actually. I know, right? If, uh, oh, speaking of sponsors... Here's all of our sponsors behind me here. Oh. If I put my hands over here, they sometimes disappear. So. Uh, but MFC Manufacturing, Simpalo, Memphis Fence Company, we're sponsored by all of these people. And so we're, uh, we're, we're open to talk to other people about sponsors. But also, I think I'm kind of weird about that, too, because, like, if somebody's going to sponsor us, I want it to be somebody whose product I'm actually familiar with and mm -hmm. trust. I mean, if I'm going to promote something, I want to make sure it's good. Yeah. So I know uh, a lot of, I don't want this to be a commercial either, right? I've listened to podcasts before where you have to skip the first 10 minutes of it because all they do is talk about all their sponsors and how great they are. Um, I, I'd like to, you know, try to minimize that time and then also have people whose products I actually know and trust and stuff like that. So, anyways, so what do, what do you got for us? Me? Got I'm anything? just excited. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to go to Fenstack. I'm ready for it's gonna it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, excited. Like, for the content that I can create, like actually being yeah. charged. Like, I don't know. Like, I was not in Vegas, so I didn't know, like, what were you guys were going to come back with. Whereas, like, me being there is going to be, like, I don't know, it's going to be cool for someone who does my job. So I'm happy. Yeah. And hopefully you'll get to learn some stuff with the classes that you're taking. Some of them look like they're going to be pretty good. So hopefully mm -hmm. that'll help you out some too. Yeah. So there's one about marketing. So, and in sales, which is kind of cool. Uh, so I'm definitely excited yeah. about that one. I'm not excited about like one-on-one fundamental sense. No, mm -hmm. not at all. 
Falcio Golf. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of that stuff, I was like, yeah, she needs to learn a little bit about fence, so let's stick her in this class. Yeah, I agree. It's like being back in school, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least you don't get tested. I don't think you can fail those little educational classes like that, so. Okay, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you fail, you get left in Nashville. Uh, that, I can deal with that. <laughs> no. No, you're not staying there. You have to come home. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta work. Yep. So a few weeks ago we did, I don't know, uh, maybe it was last week or week before something like that, was the AFA's Tech Summit. Uh, if you missed it, it was basically, I think it was like a four, four and a half hour long webinar where there was most of the fence softwares, fence software, uh, all the different softwares were all together at one time and we did a webinar and we were there for some live Q&A and stuff like that. But it also is available on the AFA site if you wanna go back and watch it. I personally am a huge fan of this concept because I am a software consumer and I know it sucks when you have to go out and just aimlessly look at every software that exists hoping that one of them do what you want. So I really like this idea where it's just one place you can go, you can look at multiple different pieces of software and then try to make a choice about a handful of them that you actually wanna schedule a demo with. Um, most of the people in the software world that I've encountered really want to help the users and provide value to the users. So we're not all just out here trying to sell you something. Um, you know, I, I think, I don't want to speak for everybody because I don't know all of them that well, but I, I think for the most part, people are pretty open and honest about it. And if, they're, if their software is not the right solution, I think they'll send you in a different direction. So, But um, we, we also, speaking of the AFA Tech Summit, so some other folks kind of ganged up on me a little bit during the Tech Summit, and they were complaining about how they haven't been on the show and haven't been invited and all of this stuff. So... I sent an invitation to all of them and I said, here, anyone who wants to come on the show, here's your invitation, feel free to join. Go schedule it and you can be here. And we actually had one scheduled for today, but since we weren't able to be in studio and all of this crazy stuff, we pushed it back, unfortunately. And so we, we do have, uh, we got a few different software companies that are scheduled to be on the show. And so we're gonna bring them on and we'll talk a bit about software and then talk a bit about some other stuff. And uh, that should be pretty cool, though. What do you think? I think it's going to be fun. Uh, yeah. I saw, like, a lot of people are excited to, like, join the podcast. And it's people that, like, works for AFA. So it's going to be fun to have, like, I, I think they're we're very well known in the fancy industry. So people might even be very eager to see what they're up to. Yeah. So that's, that's what you want, right? Let's get some famous people on here so we yeah, get more viewers. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. We like having viewers. So we're almost to a thousand podcast download. I don't I don't know if I checked it today or yesterday, but we're uh we're pushing nine fifty, I think, when I look. Oh, I and looked it's gonna last happen. Night. It's gonna happen before we go to Fence Deck. We're hitting one thousand. I know it. It's gonna happen. Yep. So we're everybody at. share share with your friends and have them go. I mean, listen or at least click on the podcast or something. <laughs> let's get to a thousand before we go to Fence Tech. Yeah. And let's get to two thousand by the end of Fence Tech. Yeah, there we go. You're gonna be uh out there hustling the show and everything else to get us another thousand downloads while we're there, huh? I'll do so my that's best. Your challenge? 
<laughs> yeah, that's basically my challenge, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll see what happens. So um, as I've been kind of sitting here at the house and trying to work remotely and coordinate things and talk to people and all of this, I've realized that, uh, you know, a lot of folks, even like salaried employees and things like that, kind of treat this as like a vacation, right? And people might like take a few phone calls, send a few emails, do stuff like that. But I, I think a lot of people are kind of just hanging out at the house. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, and I promise you I'm not trying to step on any toes or call anybody out or none of that stuff. So here's my question to our viewers and listeners is how would you handle that situation? Do you just let it be a week of vacation that people get because we're shut down? That's one option that I came up with. Um, I thought about maybe when we hire on people in certain positions, give them like an allowance for a home computer, uh, you know, not necessarily provide them with a computer to be at their house, but maybe just give them an allowance and say, here, this is for you to go out and buy a home computer. That way, in the event of a severe weather situation where we can't go to work, you still are able to be productive. And it's not that bad when it's a day here and there. Right. If we have to close a day or close a couple of days here and there, like we we survive that fine. But I mean, when we shut down a week like that, it starts getting pretty expensive. And um, it's just something that I kind of been thinking about. I don't know if we're going to do anything different than what we've been doing. Um, but the allowance thing was an idea. And I know there's people in the country who are going to in the world because oh, I was talking to somebody earlier. We haven't really talked about where our listeners are now, but I, mean, I think we've got like Canada, multiple people in Africa, South Africa. Uh, there's quite a few people in Europe that listen. So thank you, including everyone around the world. Huh? Including my grandma. Your grandma listens regularly? Yeah, my grandma doesn't, doesn't speak English, but she always opened the podcast to hear me talking in English. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, big shout out to grandma. Thank you for listening, even though you don't understand me. <laughs> so next time we're gonna open the show with her name how about that oh my god yeah i love that and She's be so you can like we'll let you like say a little phrase or something to her in italian sounds good wouldn't that be cool <laughs> it will yeah. be very cool yeah so just remind me we'll do that because i doubt she's still listening at this point so oh no. she's but, asleep yeah <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of people in the world who are shut down in the wintertime. I mean, there's a lot of people in the U.S. that are shut down in the wintertime and like, you know, they, they just close for two, three, four months, whatever it takes until they can go out and install fence. We are not one of those people. We're not structured to do that. And we are not set up to just have zero revenue for two or three or four months at a time. So um, that's that's pretty impressive the way that that functions and the fact that like, you know, people can structure their business to where it still works out being shut down that long so please don't uh don't beat me up too bad the people who do deal with that it's uh i, I know there's a lot of folks that do and i know it's possible but we are not in that category anyways having if anyone has any, do what like me having a computer really helped me because i yeah. can't i cannot not do things for like a whole week Unless like, mm -hmm. I plan for that. If I know that, like, oh, I'm going to be on vacation, then yes, I can do it. But if I didn't plan for that, it's I can't stop. So I was like, I think I like, have my computer and I text Alyssa, like, can I work from home? Like, I know we're close, but can I keep working from home? Because I have stuff that I need to finish. Oh, yeah, so, for yeah. sure. 
And, and you know, whenever, I mean, whenever you, you joined the team here, like we knew that you were going to be kind of a hybrid. So you work from home some and you work in the office some and, you know, go out on job sites some and stuff like that. So it was so, yeah, weird though. Re- usually there is people on teams, so I get to talk with people. <laughs> Whereas right. this time I was like literally anytime I saw someone that was green, I was like, hi, what are you doing? How's it going? Because I was like, I'm so bored. Like I'm working, but right. I'm bored. I can't talk with anyone. And even if I was working from home, he was working. So I was like, I need to talk to someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. You're talking and the world <laughs> <Yeah>. is listening. <laughs> so. Finally. Yep. Uh, so... Anyways, like I said, if you have suggestions or anything about that, just let us know. Um, And the last thing I want to talk about a little bit, it's maybe kind of boring to some people, and it's not that exciting of a topic, to be honest with you, but I wanted to talk about a contract that I reviewed a couple weeks ago. It was from a general contractor, and I, I kind of jotted down some of the language that was found in the contract just to share with everybody. And this is, I, I don't tell people all of this stuff to like make it scary or anything because it's not. It's just, you have to know the rules of the game if you're going to try to play it. And that's the point of this is so that you can know the rules and you can know what's expected when you kind of, or you're not going to know, but at least have an idea of what's expected when you do get your first contract. So, um, so Alaria, you ready for this? Oh yeah, I'm yeah. ready for it. All right, so item number one, your change order, the change order markup in the contract were limited to a 10% overhead and profits. Uh, it seems to be the industry standard is to operate on a 40% margin. Well, this contract limited you to a 10% margin. Okay, so that sounds pretty terrible, and people might even be like, well, screw you, I'm not doing a change order or whatever the case may be. But there's again it's playing a game and there's rules to the game and there's a way to make it work out in your favor right um i don't think we've talked about change orders at all on this show maybe i'm wrong i don't know but a change order is anytime that the job changes so that can be just something simple like uh, a change in the scope of work that has zero cost it could be a change in the schedule or the specs or something like that Uh, Because actually, this particular contract said that your the specs and the details over are like supersede your submittals, even if your submittals are approved. So the only way that you could get something changed in the bid documents or specifications or anything was to have a change order that was signed explaining your change that the change that you were trying to make. So that was that that was pretty interesting to read. so yeah, it can be a, you can change the price, you can change the scope, you could change the time, you could change the specs, etc. Like there, there could be any kind of thing like that that changes in the job and you will, you should get a change order for that. And it doesn't always come with money. So a change order could just be, you know, a no cost or no time impact, but it still is a change and it's always best to document everything. If I have a conversation with somebody, speaking of documenting it, if I have a conversation with somebody, I like to follow that up with an email and just be like, hey, John, per our conversation, we're going to install these posts, uh, you know, six inches deeper than what you requested or six inches shallower because there's rocks underneath or whatever the case may be. You know, I like to follow it up with an email and make sure that everything is in writing somewhere. 
I, you know, little changes like that. Normally I don't make a change order for them, but it is in there. And so a lot of this stuff, as you're installing a job, going through that whole process, like you're not really going to be held to this, right? They're not going to tell you, oh, you move that terminal post over six inches. You need to send us a change order so that we can approve it before you put it in the ground. Like they, they want to get the job done. They want it done right. And they want to move on. So what all of this language is in there for is in the event of a lawsuit or notices being sent out or anything along those lines, they have as much ammo as possible to throw at you. So you want to cover your butt, right? You, you want to know what could happen and kind of think through that a little bit before you just go out there and willy-nilly start doing stuff. So I'm a big advocate for covering your butt as you go through the process of these jobs and make sure that everything's in writing, everything's documented as well as feasibly possible. Like, you know, I'm not saying you need to have a stenographer that's going around typing out every conversation you have because that's not feasible, but just try to do the best you can. Um, all right. So the change order markups limited to 10%. It's kind of where that starts now there could be a form that they're going to require in the event that you do have a change order, right? In this form, uh, everybody kind of has their own forms, all the different general contractors. There are standards that some of them use, and then a ton of them just have their own form that's a ripoff of the standard most of the time. But there could be a form, and this form will have places on there for, like, your labor and, you know, your material. So basically cost of goods sold and expenses, right? You'll have places you can put them on the form. And so what I would suggest and what I have done in the past is break out everything. So show if the change order is going to take you three days and you're, you're going to have a truck, you're going to have a trailer, you're going to have a welder on the truck, you're going to have a skid steer out there. You're going to have, you know, administrative costs that's associated with it. You're going to have management costs that's associated with it. So you can break all of that stuff down and put it in that form somewhere and get it to where that 10% margin makes sense. All right. So you're basically moving the stuff to before the margin instead of your normal expenses being after the margin. Um, probably not uh what everyone wants to hear and maybe not what owners want to hear and what bankers want to hear or anything like that but the show is not for them so again just get creative with the forms and you can make it work out uh, another thing that was in the contract was it said make the area broom clean when you complete your work and clean up any debris every day so broom clean is kind of an interesting thing in the fence world since we're out here digging holes in the grass or mulch or whatever the case may be most of the time. But just know that they're going to require that the site be really clean. Oh, Olaria likes my photo. <laughs> um, they're going to expect the site to be clean. And what will happen with that? is you'll get towards the end of the job and the superintendent sent out two or three or four or five emails saying, hey, y'all are leaving a mess everywhere. The wind's blowing trash all over the place. You know, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm going to hire some temp labor to come in here and clean it. And so what they'll do is they'll go out and they'll hire, you know, two, three, four, five, ten, whatever people it takes to clean the site. And they'll divide that cost out among all the subs who are working on the site. So just kind of be aware of it and maybe try to mitigate that risk a little bit as well and make
make sure that y'all are cleaning up your site and you might even have some pictures of it or something like that and be able to send it to them and say, hey, this is where we're working. This area is clean. Any trash is not from us. Again, just something in writing covering your butt. Um, again, clean up the site every day. That's pretty standard. And they, this one, they wanted you to like haul your spoils off of site. That's kind of a not that common that you have to do that, but again, it is in the, in the contract. So um, now here's a big one. And this has become a really big one here in the past couple of years, but the price is firm and not subject to escalation. So don't think you're going to sign a contract on a job that's going to take two years to complete. And when it comes time for you to do the install, you're going to say, oh, hey, by the way, my material cost has gone up $10,000. I need to change work. It's not going to happen. I won't say it's not going to happen like that, but contractually, you're not, you're not guaranteed that it's going to happen. And I would say there's a pretty small chance that it's going to happen unless there's some reason. If you can say, look, I tried to buy this and bill you for stored materials. Nobody would ever agree. Y'all didn't even work on it. You dropped the ball, whatever. If you can prove any of that, which I have done before, at a job that I tried to buy stored materials on for about two or three months and the contractor never was responsive, never would tell me I could and all. And fast forward 18 months or whatever it was until they were ready for us to come out. And I said, okay, well, let me send you a price. Let me send you an updated cost on the material. Well, what do you mean? I was like, look. And so I forwarded him all the emails that I had sent that were like, hey, I need to buy this material. The price is going to go up. The prices are going up, all of that. And I was able to prove to him in writing that I had submitted a request to be able to buy the material and gave him a reason and all of that stuff. And I actually did get a change order on that job. But it's not very common. It's actually pretty rare. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ilaria. I know this is nothing to you. <laughs> no, I actually enjoy like all about this. It can be applied for like a lot of aspects of life. So mm -hmm. have everything in writing. Yeah. Uh, everything in writing is a big deal that 100% can apply to every aspect of life. Like um, pictures, it, make sure you have proof. So yeah. 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 I mean, screenshots and pictures and emails and yeah. you know everything that you can do is is good that that's also a big thing with employment um you know we've had a few instances here and there of some in employment issues after terminating people or anything like that and it's always nice to have that in writing as well so what i like to do is if we do get to the point where we're going to fire somebody I mean, I like to write out a letter and it's like, hey, you're being fired. Here's the reason. And, you know, kind of start with that. And then also I'll have whoever does the firing. I like for them to sit down and write out a whole document that's kind of like their experience of what happened during the termination. You know, like I said this and they replied with that and just kind of go back and forth that way. It's uh, It's really nice whenever you are. You know, I mean, it might be some kind of, it might be a lawsuit. It might be an unemployment claim. It might be anything. It's really nice to be able to go, hey, on such and such date at this time, this is what happened. Yeah. So anyways, that's not really the point of this conversation, but there's your little tangent from, from Dan here. So 
Uh, yeah, but the price is firm and not subject to escalation. So watch out for that one. And this particular job, it was not one of our jobs. I didn't really want to say that because I don't want people sending me a bunch of contracts, but it was, uh, uh, I'll just say that I reviewed a contract for somebody else just kind of like as a, a favor to them. I'm obviously not a lawyer or any other kind of professional, but I just kind of looked through it and told them what I thought. So that job, it was a wood job, and I think they were expected to be on site like a year down the road. So that's a tricky one when you have wood and it's that far out. Um, it's, it's a tough situation, especially if you don't have anywhere to store it or don't want to store it. You know, if you have a ton of boards that dry out and you start trying to nail them or screw them or whatever and they're splitting all over the place, then what are you going to do? So... Um, anyways, so also it says that uh, the general contractor can ask for records that show all costs to date on a project. So the, these records would indicate what's been completed, the value of what's completed, and then all of your costs to date. So everything that you've been billed on, everything you've paid, all of this stuff. And they even took it a step further. They can have an independent auditor come in and verify the accuracy of the cost or the pricing submitted. Okay, so kind of rewind back to that stuff I was talking about earlier with the change orders where you break everything down. Yeah, break it all down, but try to make the numbers pretty legitimate, right? In the off chance that this does happen, which I don't know how big of a fence job it would take and how big of an argument it would take to justify a general contractor hiring an independent auditor to come in and review your cost. Uh, I've personally, I've never experienced that and hope that I do not. Um, but also, I mean, I try to be pretty honest with everybody and I try to make everything in a way that I feel like I could easily defend it if I was questioned on it. Uh, so I think that's, a, I think that's a, a big part of it too is just make it to where you could uh, my father-in-law likes to say pass the red face test you know so if someone calls you out on it i guess you don't get too embarrassed and your face turned too red so uh it, it would be really awkward if you had an independent auditor sitting across the table from you and they're like all right you put seven thousand dollars an hour for this skid steer you know by the time you got through this thing you could have bought two of them that would not be the situation that i would want to be in um, the next thing it said was the subcontractor shall not proceed with any changes unless they receive a written directive or change order. And if you do proceed without that written directive or change order, you are no longer entitled to a price or time adjustment. Again, not something most of these general contractors are going to do. You got to think about it from their perspective, right? They want subcontractors who are going to come in and do their job at a fair price in order for them to succeed. So they can't, it's the same as really any business, right? We need, we need installers, we need our team who's gonna come in and do a good job and they're gonna do it for a fair price. Uh, if we all of a sudden have to start paying every employee $100 an hour, we're not gonna be able to compete with anybody. Um, so it's the same thing with general contractors. If the contractor gets known as being a pain in the butt, then all the subs are going to add 20% onto the cost of their project to, be, to deal with them. And now they're not going to be able to sell anything. So like they, they don't, again, this is all stuff that could be thrown in your face if there is a dispute on the project. It's not going to come up every time. 
in fact, most of this stuff is probably never going to come up. But it is important to know what could happen. So that way, as you're making choices about things that you want to do on the job or related to that job, you can just remember what they could do. All right. So you're kind of playing chess a little bit. Uh, but yeah, um, cannot proceed with any changes unless they receive a written directive or change order. My opinion, I believe that an email is sufficient for a written directive. Uh, so if you got some guys on the site and the superintendent's telling you to do something, then I would sit there and I would send an email. I personally had a conversation with the project manager this week, and it was a job where we had to move we had to move a, some riprap out of the way. And I was really hesitant about doing it at all. And they, there was nobody else on site that can do it. They would have to call somebody in, da-da-da-da-da. And they're like, just push it out of your way. Get to where you can put in the fence and go with it. And I was like, man, we're not professionals. This is not what we do. We install fence. Like, we'll do the best we can. But we do not install fence. And we're not going to be able to do this at the same level as somebody who does it for a living. And so they told us, yeah, go ahead, proceed. I was like, all right. And so, you know, some emails went back and forth and all this stuff. Well, I, the, this phone call I get and this email I got the other day was talking about how the riprap was moved for us to install the fence. It wasn't put back properly. And now water's pooling and all of this stuff. And so I talked to the project manager. I was like, look, this is why I didn't want to mess with that. This is the exact reason because this is not what we do. If you have a problem with the fence, like that's what we do and we'll take care of that. But, you know, I even told them at the very beginning, whenever we were talking about all of this, the plan was that we were going to move it. They're going to have somebody else put it back. And, you know, stuff like that is what you want to have in writing, which I did. And I was able to go back to it and say, look, here's the email I sent you on such and such date. And this is exactly what it says in it. Because I, I went through and I typed all that stuff out and I gave them hourly rates and I tried my best to explain what we were going to do and manage expectations. Also, another quote that I learned from my father-in-law, David, manage expectations. And I think that's a big deal if people really think about that. If you're entering into an agreement or an arrangement, and again, Ilaria, this applies to a lot of things in life outside of just the fence business, right? So anytime you're entering into an agreement or an arrangement with another person or a business or whatever, I think managing expectations is important. So I like to know, I, I like to kind of think about what do I expect from them and what do they expect to do or what do they expect from me or whatever that situation may be. And a lot of times I just have that conversation. Um, I may have done it. I, I think I did it whenever I was in this contract that I'm talking about. I, I talked to the guy that I was looking at the contract for. Sorry, I got a text message. Alyssa just texted me and told me I forgot to take my vitamin today. So I'll have to make sure I I'll, – I'll be back in a minute. Let me go take my vitamin. <laughs> you don't want to get sick before fence back. Oh, man. So we were all sick. Like some crap went through our office, and it kicked our butts. And after that, I was like, I don't know I... if this is going to help, but – do it. At least and I survived. Yeah, I survived. you didn't get it. I think I, I... Alyssa didn't get it either. Look at y'all go. But anyway, so I went and uh, 
I, I was like, I don't know if this crap is going to help or not, but I did go, I went, I went, got some vitamins and I started taking vitamins and I was like, I'm going to try anything just to try to keep from getting sick like this. It's only been a few weeks, but I haven't been sick in the past few weeks. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, manage expectations. So I think it's fair that both parties know what to expect. All right. If you're going to hire somebody, and you should know what to expect from them, what their capabilities are, what their experience level is, and all of that stuff. And they should know what to expect from you. You know, give them an idea of what the work environment is like, and obviously what they're going to be paid, and what kind of tools and equipment, and all the stuff that they get to use. And both of you should kind of have that expectation. But I, really, the manage expectation part is don't let them expect more than what you're going to give. All right, so don't let your customers expect something to be done that you didn't include or to be done faster than you're going to be able to do it or anything like that. Just kind of like manage that expectation. So uh, anyways, moving on. Subcon this, yeah, this is a good one. Subcontractor shall protect their work from loss or damage and be responsible for restoration of any loss or damage to the work prior to acceptance by the owner. So that's crazy. You think about this, where most of the time we're putting fencer on the outside of the property, right? If a car runs off the side of the road, what do you think the first thing they're gonna hit is? They, can, they, they might get stopped by a fire hydrant or a telephone pole, maybe a tree, but the next thing is the fence. Right, so if a car runs off the road and hits your fence, according to this contract, if it has not been accepted by the owner, you're responsible for repairing it. I think it, yeah, responsible for the restoration. So again, contractually and real world are two different things, but uh, you know, this is what the contract reads. So it's, what do you think about that? Um, in Italy, everyone has a fence, like everyone, there is no, like, if you don't have a fence, people are going to think it's weird. Um, so every time you see like a, a fence, like get taken down, like literally every week by someone else, especially those are like, there's a bunch of houses that like are at an angle. So there is a stop sign and the stop sign is here. House is like at the angle. So they, their sites like on Saturdays night can be taken down very often. So I'm like, you have replaced that side of your fence like four times right now. Who's paying for that? Like I've always wondered uh -huh. that because I'm like, I hope you're not paying that by yourself because that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So do they catch the people who hit the fence or do they just run over it and leave? Sometimes they do catch the people who hit the fence because like it's so loud and the people actually have time to go outside or they have cameras. It, I know it happened a few times where they were not able to. So that's why I'm like, so who's going to fix it? Like, are you paying by yourself? Like, or you have like house insurance or the fence is covered by house insurance. I, I always wondered that. Like, it never happened to my grandparents. So I, I, I don't know how that would evolve. Oh, speaking of Italy, you're... <laughs> uh, you're going to say you're... something. I already know that. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the story you told us the other day? About, like thieves and that breaks into your house yeah <laughs> yeah 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 do you do you want to talk about that any do you want the world to hear about that or no <laughs> no there was another no. vacation to Italy, so let's not tell them but it's safe no guns <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we should right, have that right. <laughs> so if you see her at fence tech make her tell you the story about the thieves it's it's pretty crazy 
Um, yes. I mean, <laughs> even from like you know, we live in Memphis around around Memphis and stuff, and like I'm not saying Memphis is the worst place in the world, but like there's a pretty fair bit of crime here, right? And even having lived my entire life in an environment like that, I was pretty surprised to hear her stories about the thieves in Italy. So, so it's a good one. Maybe, uh, maybe one day we'll convince her to tell us. Italy's a very interesting place. I like learning things, right? Like I, I like to learn things about anything, really. Uh, some stuff I don't care anything about. My wife. And I, I went to bed last night, and she was watching some show where people were like doing clothing design and stuff like that. That I don't really care to know anything about that. Oh, you got excited? <laughs> I, so, but ask even, about it. yeah. What you said you were going to text her and ask her about it? Yeah, and ask about the program so I can watch it. Yeah. So every time you talk, there's like this, the first half second of whatever you say. It sounds like you're 10 feet away and you're squeezing your nose. It's really weird. Yeah. Most of the time it's we're out there like you missed the first two or three words and it didn't really matter. But um, anyways, we are human. All of you listeners, we're still human. We try our best to make produce quality content for you, but we're still human. So, so anyways. But I will say, like, I don't care to learn anything about the whole fashion industry and clothing design and all of that stuff. But it is pretty impressive to see what these people can do with, like, some scraps of material and a day. Right? And, I mean, they make clothes that are, like, something that you would see in an expensive clothes store. And they just make it from scratch and they'll like cut it out and sew it together and all of that stuff. And there you go. They've got models walking down the runway wearing the clothes that they just made. So it's pretty cool. But anyways, I like to learn things about everything and including, I didn't know it, but including the way that life is in Italy. It's pretty interesting. So I, I thought I knew it all since I had watched The Godfather Part 1 and 2 and... <laughs> I never made it through part three because it's it's garbage. But um, <laughs> anyways, one and two, I thought I knew how Italy was, you know. <laughs> but anyways, um, all right. So this includes hauling up hauling off spoils from. Oh no, actually, it says hauling of spoils from job sites. So we talked about that a little bit kind of just depends. I mean, most of the time the superintendent's like, oh yeah, just spread the dirt out over here. You can dump it in that hole or, you know, some stuff like that. But uh, this contract said the subcontractor was responsible for a layout. Now, this also is something that you need to be aware of and maybe even exclude on your proposal if you wanted to do it. Uh, so that that's kind of another thing is a lot of this stuff that's in here you can talk about on your proposal. You can have exclusions and everything and that way when you get the contract, and you see that now you're responsible for layout, you can go back to your proposal and say, look, I excluded that from my cost. Do you want me to give you a price to add it? Um, so that's uh, another thing to remember and just kind of prepare yourself for. Actually, huh? so I'm, I'm trying to think, how can I help, how can I help people to know what to be prepared for other than this? Hmm. Anyways. 
I really like this. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of I kind of like the whole education thing. You know, we've talked about that before, I'm sure, but I'm there not is. opposed. Do I? put together your worst stories and what you took home from that and tell people yeah 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 and that's what we're trying to do here so the layout it, it depends on the job all right so we we've done jobs where it's an 80 foot straight line and it goes here and it's no big deal all right you just go out there and you if you're uh six inches off or something like that it's not going to be the end of the world but I've also done jobs where it's 10 miles of fence that zigzags all over the place and goes up and down hills and around culverts and all kinds of other stuff. And you get into that situation and it's just the subs responsible for the layout on there. You better plan on spending some money for the layout because uh, you're going to have surveyors go in there and mark right of ways or mark, uh, what do they call them? Standoffs or setbacks or something like that. They'll basically mark like 10 foot from the right of way if that's what you want them to do or you know, whatever the situation is, but you're going to spend some money sometime. So that that sounds like something that really doesn't mean much, but in actuality, it can mean something. So then you get stuff like the subcontractor is responsible for washing their tires before leaving the job site. So there are jobs that will have a wash station at the entrance or exit of the property. And they typically always have like a temporary construction entrance that's some sort of rock that, you know, is supposed to, I, I don't know, I guess keep your and keep track and dirt out of the side and stuff. But sometimes you honestly have to pull your truck over and use a pressure washer or water hose or whatever and clean your tires off before you're allowed to leave the site. So think about that too. That can suck. That just time, right? And time is money. Um, so something, this one was, of particular interest to me as well that the subcontractor shall appoint a full-time supervisor that will be on site during the work and if that supervisor is to be changed it has to be approved by the general contractor prior to that change so for us we run multiple different crews and might have a crew that comes out and sets just one day and then we'll have another crew that comes in behind them and stretches the wire. And we might have another crew that comes out and hangs the gates. And we might have another crew that comes out and does the automation. And so every time one of those different crews comes out, we would have to appoint a new full-time supervisor. So I, these contracts are written to apply to every trade out there, right? So this contract was not specifically set. No, nobody specifically sat down and wrote this contract just for this fence company. But um, it's stuff like that that's in there that just kind of carries forward. So, you know, it's just worth noting. And if you're really concerned about it, it would be worth having a conversation with the contractor. You could also maybe make an amendment to the contract and just add it in. That would be an option that's like, hey, we run different crews. They all have their own supervisor on each crew if you're structured that way. So it, and it depends on the job too. Like if you get on a, you know, giant job. Actually, I heard some people the other day talking about anchor jobs. So, oh, Matt Warner, I think, was talking about anchor jobs, right? So if you get on a job that's a, a six-month-long project, then you probably will have a full-time supervisor that's on that job. And so it just depends on the situation, right? Um, but anyways, I just thought 
I wanted to mention a few of these things that were in the contract. And again, it's not to scare you or make you think that you can't do the jobs or anything. It's more just to, to make sure that you know the rules of the game that you're trying to play, right? And the biggest thing that I could always tell people is like, don't bite off more than you can chew. Just because you go get your contractor's license and you're approved for $1.5 million worth of work or whatever, don't go out and bid a $1.5 million job for your first one ever. You want to start small. Start with something that's going to be a little more forgiving if something does go sideways on it and just kind of get your feet wet and get a feel for how all of this stuff works and get a feel for what it's like doing a project for a general contractor because it is going to be a little bit different. If you've done residential, you've done business to business stuff, still that general contractor world is different. There's a lot of additional meetings and steps and things like that that go into it from an administrative side. Uh, this job also, you had to have uh, like MSDS or SDS sheets on every chemical that you're going to bring on the site. So depending on how strict they are, that could just be if you brought a five gallon jug of gasoline or you're putting stain on the fence, you know, they, they might just want that. It could mean that every aerosol can on your truck, if you've got WD-40 and three cans of cold galve and a can of primer and a can of black and a can of green, like they may require that you have a different SDS for every one of those. Um, again, it just kind of depends on the job and the general contractor. The, the uh, other things that we've seen is, I mean, we've had people that go and inspect the water coolers. Right. They'll they'll go over to your water cooler and open it up. And I mean, they might even take samples of the water that's in there to make sure that it passes all of their safety requirements and stuff. But they'll definitely do a visual inspection and don't let them see no nasty water cooler sitting on your truck. Right. You get on a job that's like that. Just go ahead and buy a new cooler, buy a new gas jug, put them all on the truck. You're going to use them anyway and just make it look nice. Right. I think that the nicer that stuff looks, the less likely people. Whoops. I think the nicer it looks, the less likely people are to go do like a full-blown inspection on it. Uh, kind of the same with DOT, right? As long as if you give a DOT officer something that's just a giant red flag that jumps out at them when they drive by your vehicle, they're going to stop, right? So it, even if you just make it look good and look like everything's right, then you might have a little bit better odds about when you're going to get stopped and inspected. You know, sometimes they'll, they, they want you to roll out your extension cord and go all the way down it and inspect it and find any frays or cuts or anything like that that's in the cord. And if they find any of it, it goes, it goes off of their job site, I'll say. If they find it on their site, it's probably going in the trash. But if you find it on your truck before the site, then you do what you want with it. But when you do that kind of stuff, you'll, you'll have a different color electrical tape that goes on each end of the cord, each end, not just one. But like Monday, you might have yellow electric tape, and then Tuesday, you got red, and then Wednesday, you got blue, and you'll have to put a little piece of electrical tape around each end of the cord every day because you did that inspection. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff like that in the world that people get pretty serious about. Silica exposure is another one. Um, you know, there's silica in concrete, and so you need to make sure that you understand the expectations of the general contractor for your silica exposure. And... If you're mixing concrete or dry setting your post, then you get a lot more silica exposure than you would if you call a concrete truck. So that uh, all that dust flying in the air that you're breathing every day that gives you those real funky boogers that has a lot of silica in it. So or it has silica in it, I'll say. 
So anyways, again, I've rambled on enough. We've taken an hour. Alaria's over here sleeping, watching Netflix. We did great. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was pretty decent. Wasn't bad. So if uh if you're still listening off road too much. Do what? And make sure you don't go off road too much. See you finish your agenda. I did. I did. I even added some stuff in there. But everybody, stop by our booth next week. Come say hello. And if you like the show, give us a like or a subscribe or a heart or I don't know how all these things work with social media, but somehow give us some positive feedback on the show. We uh, we do it for you. And I don't know, we don't we get a little bit of feedback. We don't get a ton, but it's nice to know that people actually enjoy the content that we're putting out and they appreciate it. So we've had a we've had a few people like this video, Chris Chapman, Stephen Moore, Susan K. Worley. So some people are at least sending us some thumbs. But uh, anyways, that's all I got. You you have anything you want to wrap up with, Alaria? You want to tell anybody anything? I'm excited to meet most of the people that listen to the show next week. I'm probably not going to remember your name, but I'm very excited. Is your grandmother going to come? Oh, I wish. Oh, she's not coming to Fence Tech? She's not invited this time. Next year. Next year. So it was pretty cool. At FinTech last year in Oklahoma City, I met some people that were from Europe. Like there was several people that came through the booth that were from Europe. And then there was a, there was quite a few people that came through the booth that were from Canada and stuff like that. But the, the ones from Europe surprised me. So, I mean, do what? Like a company in the U.S. or you just like they have a company in Europe and they come for like see what's going on here. No, I think they, they just had a company in Europe. So they put in fence over there. But I guess they just came to see all the developments and everything that were happening here in the US with technology and you know software and all the equipment that we use and all that kind of stuff. Man. And this year. We're we're gonna have to do something about that that audio equipment you're using at the house there. Regular ear pods. Yeah, but I don't I don't understand what they're doing because it's like it I want is your dishwasher still going? That's why it was so loud. Now it's done. <laughs> so I wonder if it is like the noise cancellation that's going on, right? So it's like canceling out the noise and then when you start talking, it's still canceling you out. It's kind of what it sounds like. Because I can barely hear you. Yeah. Huh? Maybe they're like, Oh no, you're talking so I can't cancel you right now. Right. Yeah, that must be what it is. But anyways, yeah, uh, I too am pretty excited about Finstag. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be cool. Um, this time, hopefully I'll not be sitting in the hotel room all night between every day of the show trying to scramble to get Simpali ready. And uh, I'll be able to get out and about and enjoy a little bit more of the the activities that are off the show floor. So look forward to seeing everybody there. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for listening and we'll uh we'll see you guys next next week <laughs>